What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, it is the 25th anniversary weekend of the Rangers winning the Stanley Cup in 1994. I know, I I say, why do the Rangers talk about it all the time? But when I watched it in real time yesterday and I heard Sam Rosen say this. I, I went back to those 90s days, and I wish they were back. I wish the waiting could be over once again, and we don't have to wait another 25 years later. But on the same day of the anniversary, there was some good news for the city that under the Trump stuff, under the national scene, got widely underreported nationally. Locally, we've been on top of it. There was justice for Junior, as all five uh, that killed Justice uh, Lowell Jr. in the Bronx bodega have been found guilty by this Bronx judge. And if that's not justice, I don't know what is. So I'm very proud of our city's justice system working in the favor of the family for Jr. And remember the hashtag justice for Jr. was trending there for a long while. Kid was 15 years old, Jr. Guzman Feliz, and he was murdered in this bodega in the Bronx but all defendants on trial, after one day of deliberation, found all of them guilty on all counts, including first-degree murder, second-degree murder, and gang assault. And I really hope that this new plan that the mayor has, that the governor has, to release people like this who have committed murder in the past, I hope they don't get that benefit, and I hope they stay in jail and, and do the time for something so heinous and so criminal. So that's a good thing. And it should send a message. You know, there's been a spike in this, and we're going to talk with Mark Chisano in a minute. There's been a spike in stray billets through the city and uh, gunfire, and it's it's hopefully this this verdict will be an example for many in the city to not commit crimes of this nature or of any nature. So there's that, and then of course. Um, the other thing that was going on is Sarah Sanders is out as press secretary and 
Many people are happy she's gone. Many are sad she's gone. So we'll see how this uh, shakeup happens. But for now, we're going to take a quick break, and then Mark Chisano is going to join me on this podcast, Keep It Real, with Alexander Garrett. We'll be back in just a bit. Hey, Keeping It Real with Alexander. Thanks for tuning in each and every time on this or any platform you may hear Keeping It Real with Alexander Garrett on. Now, before today's show, I want to tell you a little story. Uh, When I was a young producer five and a half years ago, someone recommended to me City and State New York, and I'm really glad they did because working at a political radio station, uh, I was able to get some great political insights from cityandstateny.com with the first read tonight they cover downstate, upstate New York. They cover national news as well. But they're more than just your newsletter that hits the inbox at uh, 5 p.m. or even early in the morning. No, they actually do some very cool events. And one that's upcoming is the Queen's Power 100. Did you know that City and State's must-read list of the most powerful people in New York City has been a long-standing institution in New York? And this August, they are bringing the Power 100 list to Queens. That's right, the borough of Queens. And uh, the August 5th hard copy edition of City and State will debut at this very special reception on August 7th, celebrating the people on the Power 100 for Queens. This event is a great place to connect with influential people in Queens, whether it's government, academia, advocacy, media, or business, the Queen's Power 100 is certainly a premier networking opportunity. So join us in celebrating the people who are on the list, as well as seeing where they're ranked. Get a copy of City and State's Queen's Power 100 Specialty Edition this August 7th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Bordeaux LIC. And here's the coolest part. If you use my promo code, keeping it real, that's K-E-E-P-I-N-G-I-T-R-E-A-L, keeping it real, you will get a 20% discount. Now, we're going to get people on the show from City and State to to give more information on this, but you should definitely check them out. Cityandstateny.com slash backslash events, and there you'll find the Queens Power 100. So certainly if you're in Queens, you should definitely check it out. 20% discount using the promo code keeping it real. And we'll talk more about it as the days to come. But for now, enjoy today's show. Well, we continue on here, keeping it real with Alexander Garrett. And I hope you're having a great, great Friday. Obviously, as I mentioned in the open, 25 years ago, the Rangers winning it all. I hope that we don't have to wait another 25, but we'll take it as it comes. But right now, Mark Chuzano of AM New York joins me once again. Mark, it's been a while, but thanks for joining me today. Yeah, good to be here, Alex. Thanks. So I brought you back on because since we've had you on, you've had a lot of stuff going on in your career, uh, your podcast, you're still doing the newsletter. What's been going on since we last talked? Yeah, it's been very busy. So uh, during the fall, during the midterm elections, I was doing a weekly podcast about some of the Long Island races um, for Congress. Um, They ended up being pretty interesting. A couple of uh, Democratic challengers made pretty good runs against Republican incumbents, including Pete King, who's forever, and who uh, New York City voters probably know pretty well as well. Um, so yeah, I've been doing that and then, uh, that wrapped up uh, at the end of the year and we're looking at some more podcasts coming soon, which I'm sure I'll keep you posted about, but nothing yet. Yeah. Shoot me and I will certainly share it cause you've got a lot of insight and, uh, and I brought you on this week because obviously 
There's so much going on. Thank God this uh, judge found all five guilty in justice for Junior. I mean, that's needed. And as you were talking off the air, hopefully this does heal the community. Yeah. Um, and like I said, you know, I haven't been following the case, the ins and outs too much, although our reporters have been. Um, it's been sort of a big uh, and important thing for our readers. Um, and, you know, it's uh, hopefully it just it does help the hopefully this brings some sense of closure to those uh, that part of the Bronx and the patrons of the store and owners and, and just community members at large. I, I certainly hope so. It's a good news Friday for that on that front for justice. Anyhow. Uh, now, you've been in Albany, and, and obviously last night there was a lot of outrage, a lot of support for ending religious exemptions for vaccines. I think it's a good thing. I, I, I'm sure you might, too. Yeah, yeah. So actually, I've been reporting uh, from here, as have other members of the editorial board from here in New York. Um, so, you know, which actually makes it kind of uh, kind of interesting just trying to reach legislators by phone or text and just see, you know, what is going on? Like, what is happening one moment to the next? And it can kind of change from afternoon to afternoon. Um, vaccines was one of the crazier ones. There's some really intense uh, video of uh, some of the legislators being you know, confronted by constituents. Um, but ultimately, yeah, it did, uh, it, it did pass and the, the state and Cuomo signed it within minutes, you know, and uh, the state ended religious exemptions for immunizations, um, which is something that only a few states in the country have done. And I do think it's important, particularly with this measles outbreak that we have here uh, centered in, you know, in New York, um, you know, the majority of cases here. And uh, so hopefully this will maybe do a little bit to fight back against the misinformation and the, the sort of uh, the sort of stigma against vaccination. Um, but but we'll see. It's it's definitely an important vote. Well, and I tell you, say uh, Cuomo signed that immediately. He's been since reelected. He's been wanting to be first in the nation on almost everything. And I, I feel like this is one we have to be first in the nation on because, as you say, we're the epicenter right now of this epidemic. And for him to take this and uh, legislature to take this action right now is probably one of the most vital keystones of his governorship. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I, I can't stress enough the sort of uh, misinformation that's out there about this stuff. So it's uh, really important that, you know, the state kind of makes it clear what the science says and, and what is uh, important from a public health perspective. Now, on the city level, I remember they were going to start fining people who didn't vaccinate. How's that been going? Have you been following that at all? Yeah, that's right. You know, um, there's been, I, I don't know if the what, what it, how it works on the individual level, level but I know that the um, you know some some of the daycares and yeshivas have been threatened with closure. I believe two yeshivas, I, I think, uh, had just closed this this week, um, were closed this week because of uh, not complying with the vaccination orders. Um, so I think that that uh, you know that's that's another strong attempt that the city is making. Uh, Mayor DeBasio has also. You know, similarly, been pretty, uh, pretty straightforward about this and coming at it strong from the beginning, uh, which, again, I think is a good thing. Absolutely. And, and then, you know, for de Blasio, Mayor de Blasio, who instituted the whole mm -hmm. finding thing, I wish he would act that New York like he does on that case and on the case of, you know, he goes to these crises when the chopper hit the building. He and Cuomo were right there on the scene. And those are the good days for the mayor and the governor because they see us through the the crisis, through the tragedy. When it's mm -hmm. not a, a news day, they just wander and sort of just go to Iowa, you know? It's just kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, Mayor de Blasio 2020. It's, uh, it's a real campaign, and he's, uh, he's on the debate stage. So that's, uh, that's uh, 
it's it's really happening <laughs> June and, 20 25th uh, or 2026 I guess the uh, he'll be he'll be on the stage and maybe I'm not a good host for asking him to skip the debate I just feel like he should skip it all and focus on the city especially now that there's now a spike in in stray bullets and gun you know gunfire mm-hmm. I mean he he's not focused on any of that well, it's interesting, right? He just got he just closed out a budget deal um, with, or he had a handshake agreement on the budget with uh, Speaker of the City Council Corey Johnson. Um, so that does leave him with quite a bit of time now until the debates, I guess, to prep if he wants to. You know, I, I go back and forth about the uh, about the presidential run because, on the one hand, you know, there's there are a ton of issues in the city that need dealing with and that need a, a mayor's full attention. On the other hand, you know, this is uh, this is the mayor of New York City. He's he's the he's the mayor of the largest city in the country, and uh, I think the, the most difficult job in the country, maybe besides the president. And and he's running for president, you know, and he's on the debate stage. So I think it's hard for us not to pay attention to that. Uh, he's I think he will probably you know get his say uh, across and in, in that on that debate night. Um, so you know, it's it's very difficult to sort of ignore that. Well, and I tell you one thing, and I. I... I hate defending de Blasio on certain things because I just think he's not been good on the whole for the city. But I will give him this. 10% July 4th, 2013. And yes, it's a local local election, mayoral election. But he did overcome Christy Quinn, who was the speaker at the time. He did overcome Will Thompson, who was, you know, leading candidate. And of course, Wiener was until the whole scandal happened again. And, and that really propelled de Blasio. But I remember there was a time where he was at the lower rung and he worked his way up. Yeah, and he likes to. I totally agree with you. I mean, he likes to say that he's never lost an election um, in his career, um, and and it's true, right? Uh, you know, at least in his professional career. I don't know what he did in high school or whatnot, but uh, he uh, he is good at politics. He likes so he likes politics, like the sort of give and take of electoral politics. He likes being on the stump. Uh, as I know, you, you, I'm sure you followed him around and heard him. He he can actually be pretty good on the on the stump there. Uh, he likes kind of fighting with people about issues. Um, and uh, so I don't know. I don't think he, I, I don't know if he, that he's on the same level as like Elizabeth Warren and Biden and these other people in the debates, but uh, he's certainly not to be, uh, to be underestimated. No, no, not at all. And I've seen that. We've seen that here in New York City alone. So you got the vaccination now. Now I know you've still been in Albany. So what else are they covering that, that isn't getting much attention? Yeah, no, great question. There's, I mean, so we got the end of session coming up. It's scheduled to be Wednesday. Um, so, you know, this, the rent regulation laws uh, that were agreed on earlier this week just got voted on. But there's still a lot of stuff that's kind of just being thrown up in the air, and we don't know if it's going to stick or not. I mean, the one big one is marijuana legalization. That seems extremely complicated, and I'm not sure that there's going to be enough time to kind of iron all that out by the end. But um, one example that I like that I've been looking at is uh, – this bill about solitary confinement. It's called the HALT Solitary Confinement Act, and it's uh, it's it's about sort of reducing the use of solitary in state prisons and jails. Um, and you know, this is uh, it, it's. I think that you, most people can agree that you know, even if someone done something wrong and they're behind bars, uh, you know, they they don't deserve to be tortured. 
um, they can probably use some help even while they're in there because eventually they're going to be coming out, right, mostly. Um, so you want them to come out in some state where they're going to be able to contribute to society. And solitary means that, you know, you're behind bars for 23 hours a day, um, sometimes more, and this can happen for years. You know, it's, it really can drive a person crazy. Anyway, this bill has been uh, pushed for quite a while, since something like 2014. It's got a lot of support in the Senate. It passed the Assembly last year. feels like it should probably get through, but uh, but it hasn't been voted on yet, and uh, sources are telling us that you know it, it's kind of uh, it's in the mix, it's hanging in the middle there. Um, and you know one reason maybe is because there's been so much criminal justice reform already, and so people I don't know maybe it could be that people just don't have the appetite for another one, which I think is kind of sad and emblematic about you know this rush at the end in Albany where we have these last couple of days. And legislators are trying to kind of finish everything out, all sorts of issues, you know, vaccines today, vaccines yesterday, uh, marijuana solitary today. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, you almost wish that they could, like, stay up there another month and hammer it out, you know. And, and you know, I'm going to push back a little bit on the solitary because if they did do a heinous murder, like, I don't know, I just feel like should they not be given solitary? Are they not that much of a threat? Is that what the argument could be? Or what, what's well, yeah, this based I mean, on? I think that, well, one argument that, that, I, that I think is interesting about solitary is that, um, you know, correction officers say, look, you know, we need to control uh, the, well, we need to sort of, um, you know, keep order in, inside prisons and jails. And solitary is one tool that they use. Um, and I think that it's certainly true. You know, it's a dangerous environment. It's a really difficult job being a correction officer. And you do need to have tools to kind of uh, make sure people are acting all right uh, behind bars. But I think what uh, the activists are saying, the people who have been through solitary say, is that, you know, look, this doesn't help. You know, you're putting them, you're keeping them away from the general population, but they're just getting crazier and crazier when they're in there, you know, and then they come out and they're, they have more mental health problems and more issues. They're maybe more violent. So, you know, what this bill does is say, here's different ways to kind of uh, separate these people from a general population, you know, put them in another cell and give them services, like give them something to do. Maybe like don't have them be locked up there as long during the day, like give them a couple of hours outside the cell. You know, we're not talking about like letting them free into, you know, into just the world, um, but just trying to kind of pull back on that, just literally sitting in a cell that's about the size of a bathroom for an entire day for months on end, you know, it'll drive anyone crazy. Well, I know the governor's also had bills, you know, and wanted things where he can release felons, even second, third degree murder felons. And I feel like could, if, if, if we move someone from solitary confinement that can, that did a murder, could that then be the next step of releasing them in, out? into the world or do you think they're to totally separate right well i mean i should say you know it's it's uh you know it's not it's not sort of taking them out of solitary and taking them outside the prison um they're obviously still you know in in the prison uh itself um I, you know, look, I, I think that there's that, that we're sort of we're sort of debating right now where the like pendulum of criminal justice should be. You know, I think for a long time, uh, the you know, especially when New York was going through a crime wave and there were tons more murders than there uh, are today, then you know the general consensus was, look, we really need these strong uh, strong laws and strong policies to keep everyone safe. Now that the city is much safer for various reasons, I mean, you can, you can have a whole podcast about the reasons New York is safer today, um, but it certainly is. Like, that's uncontrovertible. 
um, you know, now people are saying maybe we do uh, want to be a little more careful with how we police people and how we um, keep them behind bars. And, you know, it's a conversation. No, no you know, there's no sort of definite answer uh, for every single one, but we're certainly debating where that pendulum should go now. And I think that's what's happening in the in the legislature. And and so you see this debate, and, and what did you think of that debate when you saw it? in the assembly uh, firsthand. Like, what was it like? What was the atmosphere like debating the, the solitary confinement and even the release yeah. of prisoners? Well, so so I, I haven't actually been up there. I've been stuck in New York City with everybody else. Um, but, um, but you know, the, what's funny about, about this one is that uh, there, hasn't, there, there hasn't even really been uh, much debate, you know, in the open about this issue or many, many others. So much of it is Kind of behind closed doors, as the activists say, um, and it's it's you know it's like how, do you, it changes every day. Like who's who, uh, you know, wh- whether something is going to pass or going to be brought up or or just left behind for the session. Um, so it's all it's all very confusing and uh, difficult to say exactly what's going to happen until it does. And Mark, you you write for AM New York. We're talking about Mark Chisano, editorial board, and the AM New York Morning Newsletter. And how's that going? What what else are you covering in the newsletter these days? Yeah, it's going great. Um, and you can sign up at amny.com slash amexpress if you're interested. It's a column about New York City three days a week. Um, so one thing we're looking at is the Queens District Attorney race. And you're, you're a Queens guy, right? right I am. I'm uh, not born and raised. I was born in Manhattan, but I now live in Queens for the last 17 years. Do you like the, uh, you know how Cuomo always says he's the Queens boy? Do you like that? Does that get on your nerves? I think it's just interesting that both of them are going at each other, so Cuomo and Trump, and yet all three of us are Queens boys as far as I'm concerned (laughs) because we're all from there in some capacity. Right, right. Well, anyway, there's uh, obviously, you know, I I mean, personally, I think this is the most important election in the city this year is the Queens District Attorney. Um, You know, Richard Brown was a district attorney there since 1991, year after I was born. Um, He was appointed by Mario Cuomo, who's the father of the current Governor Cuomo. Uh, So, you know, it's really been this one guy who, who was the chief law enforcement official in, you know, New York's most diverse borough. For decades, um, and he um, he announced he was retiring uh, not so long ago, and uh, and passed away uh, had Parkinson's disease uh, just recently, um, and so these so there's been this swarm of candidates who are looking to replace him. There's seven Democrats right now, and they um, they kind of run the gamut. I mean, you, you have uh, on the one hand you have Tiffany Caban, who is a uh, public defender, 31 years old. Um, Pretty far on the on the left side of things, um, and then you have Greg Lasick, who is um, a former Supreme Court state Supreme Court judge and prosecutor himself, a little bit more uh, within the mold of the previous uh, district attorneys. But um, but you know, every, again, we're talking about that conversation. Most of the candidates really have been on that more kind of left leaning side and kind of uh, opening up the uh, the system a little bit, making it a little more transparent and. Uh, making it a little, I guess, kind of softening it a little bit um, for for the people who go through it. Um, so it's really interesting to watch. It's going to be a big change for Queens, and uh, you know, everyone should go out to vote June 25th. Now, you know, I know that uh, they were going to put a jail kind of right next to the the borough hall, and I wonder if the DA's race is going to be important for that aspect as well, because it looks like they're going through with a jail right there near borough hall. Uh, so that yeah. that might have um, a sway in who who people vote for. No, that is definitely one thing that there are um, that there are differences on among the candidates. Um, I, I off the top of my head, I think uh, 
Caban um, had said uh, she did not uh, think that was a good idea. I think she actually agreed with LASIK on that. That's sort of the two ends of the spectrum, um, uh, kind of agreeing uh, for different reasons. Um, but no, I think you're right, and uh, it, it's really worth um, worth checking out all seven candidates for the Democratic primary and checking out their positions um, and, uh, and seeing, seeing who you think best represents you. Like I said, it's a big change for Queens. Absolutely. 91 to now is is pretty much, uh, I don't know, it's sort of like a, I don't know how to say it, but it just, it was there, the status quo, so to speak, of, of Richard Brown doing an amazing job. Now that all gets that's gets switched up. So what else at AM New York do you have your eye on uh, for, for coming weeks, for the coming week? Yeah, um, well, we, you know, we got the end of session coming up Wednesday. Um, curious what else gets thrown in there. Another bill that is pretty interesting for the city is about um, legalizing e-bikes and scooters, the e-scooters. Um, so we'll see what happens. That's kind of been gaining sponsors uh, over the last couple of weeks. May, it seems like it may actually pass. It was it hasn't been talked about too much. These are these are like the uh, you know the sort of bikes that have an electric motor on them, which let them um, let people ride them a lot easier. Um, so you know we'll see what happens there. That's going to be interesting. And then obviously marijuana would be uh, would be a big a big change for the city if that if that happens to get through. Now, Mark, you know we've been talking about topics and politics. I want to know about you. What what's your favorite part of of being a journalist in New York? There's nothing like it, right? Oh, it's so fun. It's the best job in the world, for sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's uh, you, you can cover a million things at once. Like, I, I'm essentially a kind of general assignment columnist, I guess. I cover all sorts of things as long as it's related to the city. But that means that, you know, on Monday I was running out to the scene of this helicopter crash uh, in, in Midtown, um, trying to talk to people about, about that. Uh, and then, you know, the, the rest of the week I've been spending, you know, trying to uh, cajole some the legislators into telling me what's going on up in Albany. So, you know, it's always something different. It's always a lot of fun. And how long have you been at AM New York to to date? It's been, this is going to be, I guess this will be about five five years, is that right? Four years uh, coming up the end of the summer. So, yeah, it's, it's been a minute. So in, in, in your four or five years, what's your favorite moment so far? Oh, wow. Favorite or top moment. five, whatever um, you want to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. I mean, I... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 